Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in five, four. What does live mean? Uh. Welcome to the Rambling Podcast, the show where we grant humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm your host, Christina. And today, we have a continuation. We were reviewing last week, last year, the year. The things we've discussed, the informations we've gathered, a year very focused on the Elysians. Actually, it's been like two years, but whatever. Very focused on the Elysians, on the sea people, on Elfame, on Shadow. It's been something like like a year and a half or so. Oh, okay. Is it fucking just kept caving into itself. Yeah. It's like, how the hell is this even happening? Mm. But as it kept caving in, we learned more information, which helped us know what to look for. And then we'd find more things, which would inform us, but also give us some more information to know what to look for. It's a weird perpetual loop to the point that we've made it to the fact that there apparently seems to be scientific advantage advancements in ancient advanced societies that allow not only crossing between different realms and dimensional rifts but also across space dyson spheres and whatnot there's a lot going on so last week we were actually going through everything we've collected we couldn't get actually through everything so we stopped halfway because we're already one hour and like 20 minutes in or some shit i'm not even sure but anyways um in doing so we summarize the first half and we land at Lilith, who was a weird, complicated situation that to this day we don't know much about. We just know that she worked with Eloi and got... She left when her rights were restricted. Or was it the other way around? She left... Yeah, she left when her rights were restricted from... uh, When Eloi restricted her rights when she used the Philosopher's Stone Adam without it being the moment for that. And then she shows up again for the creation of... Jesus, along with the other individuals there that weren't there when she was there before. Weird thing going on. And then she leaves again? And then she leaves again, uh, leaving to join the shadow gods in the shadow realm, along with Lucifer, who is the head pioneer who leaves after his argument with Jehovah, and Samael, who is essentially Lilith's tale. And also a particularly weird individual who has both changed himself and other people around him. Because yes. why not? Because science. Because science. Ultimately, that's what this summarizes up to. Yes. Because science. Why'd they do it? Because science. Mm-hmm. Just, just seems see like can. it. Just, just seeing if I can. Mm-hmm. So, following that train of thought and that logic, we would have finished last week on the Garden of Eden as Lilith is leaving. And we would be entering... The Shadow Gods, as Lilith arrives, mm-hmm. and she arrives with her boss, Lucifer, and her croony, Samael, to join the Clusterfuck. So let us begin. The Shadow Gods is the name of the gods, quote, gods, unquote, mm-hmm. the research team from the Shadow Realm, which consists of uh, quite a plethora of interesting characters we got lilith samael lucifer baal balath asmodeus fine balam zagan baliel azazel abraxas a bunch of highly important 
not important. A bunch of people. Mm-hmm. A bunch, a of, bunch people. of people. Some of them are important. Mm-hmm. Let's quickly go down this list of individuals, the fast summarized version. We got Lilith, who seems to have existed both for LOI and during Jehovah, two different time periods. We don't know exactly how she figures into a lot of this. She seems to be everywhere, nowhere, simultaneously. Meanwhile, Samael, the weirdo, he helped Lucifer by providing his DNA to Lucifer, who had come up with an interesting way of crossing the physiology of a shadow individual and then moving it into using the DNA and the physiology of Samael, who is an Elysian, was capable of essentially replicating Samael's body and either merging his current body with it or moving his essence into it or his mind. I don't really know how this works. We just know that he looks identical to, to Samael. Okay. Lucifer. Mm-hmm. We know he looks identical to Samael. But Samael now looks like... A snake person. Because he himself then altered himself using the very method taught to him by Lucifer to turn Lucifer from a shadow to an earthling. That same process was used by Samael using Naha's physiology in order to move over from being an Elysian into being a Naga. So, experiments galore. Mm -hmm. This is a freaking weird individual. He seems to not Mm. be based or grounded in any manner, shape, or form. He's okay with seemingly whatever. On himself. Or anyone else. He doesn't care. It seems very neutral. But then this takes us to the big kahuna, Lucifer. The big baddie. But in reality, it just seems, based on the text we've read and the discussions we've had, that he's just the guy who has a little bit of ignorance on his side. Because he really, really, really... He has a a little bit of ignorance and a lot of hope for something. A lot of hope. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... When we really break it down, I'm usually the guy who, like, at least biblically, it looks like Lucifer wants to help the people, and God doesn't necessarily. But according to this, it kind of works in a way where you feel, you understand Lucifer. You get it, but you you get it. You also see how. You see why Jehovah's not wrong. Yeah. It's you are sacrificing the innocence in the hopes that you will come up with another one of us, as opposed to. Let them get there and stop completely extincting civilizations. Yeah. Because it looks like we are getting there. It looks like he was right. Yeah. Jehovah was correct. Because we are getting there. Mm -hmm. Lucifer wanted to share. And that was really the breaking point between these two individuals and why Lucifer left in the first place. First, he wanted to share the technology with anybody. That proved dangerous and wrong, and a lot of people got hurt, and a lot of people died. Entire civilizations ceased existing. We can trace the clusterfuck of them around the equator, the old equator. And then we have the fact that some did survive Mm. and did advance and did get complicated. And Lucifer envisions that being more possible with time and probably is considering it did happen but you'd have to work on the delivery method and to make sure that but then you'd be wasting resources on figuring out this entire plot in order to then start 
bringing up, and it's like a useless venture. It's going to take thousands of years to figure out how to get a primitive group of people to fully comprehend something absurdly advanced. You suddenly. don't think he's still working on something like that? Who, Lucifer? Yeah. Could know. totally be. It could totally be. I have not the slightest clue, but at this point, mm-hmm. back then, he definitely wasn't. He was just hoping for the best and down to crack some eggs in order to, and Jehovah wasn't. It's like, this mm-hmm. is not a real fair exchange. We are at a, essentially Vulcan, which is, we're at a place where we're too, we can watch and we can stop them from hurting themselves on the way up. But there's nothing we could do to bring them up because we are too far ahead. They yeah. just don't grasp it. And the few that do were exceptions. They were exceptions. Interesting. Because he could be doing the same thing in the Shadow Realm, and there could be like an extinction happening there because of him. We have no idea. We have we no idea. Know. Especially with how little we get from the Shadow Realm information yeah. on people or things or anything. So it's really, really difficult. But other individuals of note that exist within the shadow gods we have bal who is a military general and responds directly to lucifer we have balath which is the mathematician familiar with both earth and elysian technology and worked with uh an earthling conducting theoretical research and his yeah and his knowledge of the scientific method mathematics and elysian and earthling technology makes him quite ideal for the group because of what we find out in the future from that episode which is it seems which we started figuring out there it seems to be a pattern that the goal is to merge different mediums or master all of them to for some greater purpose it requires them yes all those three things and some other random thing that i don't remember what it was another thing yes that they the really high-powered i don't know what to call them necromancies necromancer necromancer yeah remember um i can't remember the last thing it was three things Uh uh-huh and something else. I just can't remember that something else. It didn't relate to the three, but it had to be part of it somehow. We just couldn't figure out what, because there was no information on it. You don't remember that? I don't. I don't at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think that was for the Halloween episode. I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. I don't remember when we talked about it. But You remember that we talked about something that you don't remember what we talked about? No, when. I don't remember when specifically okay, then we, what did we talk about? spoke about it. But you were talking about th- this greater power of how they're able to use portals, which for some reason is fairy portals, move. They don't, they're not stable. So necromancers have figured out how to oh, actually... Oh, no, you're totally wrong. It's not fairy portals. Fairies don't need portals. That doesn't Whatever. make sense. Whatever. Portals. Yeah. Portals move because Earth Realm and Shadow Realm are connected. Yes. And so if you move the entryway in Earth Realm, well, the entryway is literally connected to the exit way. They are one place. Mm-hmm. But it moves. It moves. So you need a necromancer. Well, necromancers just know the trick. You don't need a necromancer. Okay, but yes, they know the trick. Yeah, the and idea is... what are the is, things that they learn? They learn to move through Elfame. No, I guess what 
do they have to learn to become a necromancer? Oh, there's a oh yeah, we're gonna get to that. That's hella in the that's happened so recently as opposed to the order we're going in. Oh, okay. Like we'll eventually, eventually get, get there. there. Okay. We're still talking about the shadow gods. We have not even gotten to the magical weapons, the Nephilim. We've not like Okay, let's go back in time. Okay. Yeah, there's just we just basically jumped to where we would end this episode. Really? Yeah. Okay, let's... Because we just got necromancers, and then we immediately got to Santa Claus. That's so weird. That's a weird connection. But okay, let's go back in time. Anyways, Asmodeus mm-hmm. is a zoologist and one of the great important individuals within the group. We have... Oh, and one of the people who knows how to use a philosopher, so I'm helping in... Uh, let me see. Mm-hmm. He is recruited to assist in research and to conduct special research into how to create a philosopher's stone from shadow creatures. Then we have Vine, which is a meteorologist, one of the few beings in the entire shadow realm capable of understanding and predicting erratic nature of shadow realm weather patterns, which becomes useful when you need to actually test some things out and you cannot because you have no idea what the fuck is happening at any moment. And this guy seems to have the ability to predict it, thus creating the capacity for experimentation as opposed to well we can again today because whatever weather thing is stopping it you just know that day is good okay so many random people yeah, okay there's a bunch uh we have balam which is you know just your normal standard edition gin and he is an engineer recruit to the shadow gods for his advanced knowledge in engineering and he managed to replicate Elysian technology, cloaking specifically being the most important, and shadow technology. And he knows how to detect hidden technology, which makes him quite the problem. Mm-hmm. So, Elysian cloaking stops mattering and ceases to exist because of this individual figuring out these nifty tricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we have Zagan, another Jin or Zagan, Zagan, whatever you want to call him, another Jin, and he is quite a problem. Described as a violent genius and known for his use of Earth Realm metals to create Shadow Realm weapons, which he uses to perform criminal acts. And he also understands how to merge shadow and earth technologies, which made him a valuable seek for the team and made Lucifer particularly interested, which immediately made us look at like, hold on, there's something about this fucking this random guy just because he can put things together. You value him above everything else you got going on around you, all Mm -hmm. the capacities, all the abilities the note I find about you, Lucifer, is how you've taken to favor this individual's skill set that immediately makes us look in that direction. And why do you need somebody who can merge these two technologies, or at least the knowledge of it? I don't know if the merging is the important part, but I know you need somebody who at least knows the information, mm-hmm. but for what? For what? Mm-hmm. Bala was a weird one. He went rogue during the Elysian Greco War, responsible for leading a charge that took the lives of thousands of Greek civilians. Him and his men were arrested following these events. It's unknown how he got freed from his life sentence in Elysium, but he escaped and went to the Shadow Realm using Mankoff, which eventually joined the Shadow Gods, so on. And, and he's so doing what? He is the individual who is a soldier, essentially. 
He's okay. a war criminal. Mm. But his ruthlessness has gotten him to join. This is Balio. Mm. Balio. Yeah. Okay. And then we get to some more important people. Probably what we would deem the most important, minus the fact that Lucifer had a favor for one specific guy. But this is number two mm. on Lucifer's list, which again brings us into the why. Who's his number one? His number one, well, his number one is Lilith, but the number one trait he is looking for comes from Bal- from Zagan, actually, because Zagan can merge text, and that just oh, immediately yeah. came valuable to him. <laughs> but Azazel is the other individual, and Azazel is quite the complexity. Azazel is an Earthling and an Elysian. He's considered a genius among Elysians. And himself was a prisoner who was incarcerated for impregnating non-Elysians, specifically an Egyptian woman. Hmm. Now, this is a particular individual in doing so violated the laws of Elysium, which include not mating with non-Elysian women if you are an Elysian. So mating with non-Elysians, illegal. So he went to jail for that. Now, the result of Elysian's mating with humans, as we found out, is to create a genetically different result of uh, an intellectual race. So, the third dominant race on Earth. They're considered giants, although they're not giant. Giant is incorrect word, yes. They are essentially just normal people. Yeah. Absolutely normal looking. But they're Nephilim. Mm -hmm. But giants is always wrong. That means nothing. Now, although not originally a scientist or a researcher, as we know, his awareness... And understanding of Elysian technology allowed him to be a great helping hand, the fact that he's a genius as well. Mm-hmm. And shortly after being recruited, he quickly ranked up and became arguably the most important right after Lucifer because of his quick learning and essential ruthlessness. He is also the one individual from the shadow gods that we hear Shiva directly address. Shiva is the Elfame fairy who specifically said, that guy scares me. I got a problem with this that This random guy. guy who has sex with Azazel. <laughs> he is truly ladies. concerned about Azazel. Weird. wonder why. Yeah, he finds it exactly like, what the hell? But he was definitely like, oh, no, I am not having this. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Abraxas, which is the guy who made all of this possible by stealing a fuck ton of data from the sun the gods. Team? Yeah. And then delivering that, which is essentially the same data that they have in the three major places. Mm-hmm. And then that allows the shadow gods to continue their research. Mm-hmm. Lilith also tried to steal data, but that was impossible because that was way more secure. But doesn't matter because Braxis got it anyways, which was shared, mm-hmm. which essentially proves the flaw in sharing the data. But if your civilization was hit by a meteor overnight, then you lose all the data. So you got to spread it out. So it's kind of like a fucking, you know, it, need, it can't just be here. But like, can we trust those people? It's like we got no option. If we lose yeah. it, it's gone. That's what you think happens? I think like I know the Elysians are careful enough to fully disappear. So why leave your data where people are going to leave shit. Mm. It's like, well, no, they need to be able to get to it if wherever they kept it gets corrupted yeah. or broken or stops being accessible. Under, like a coffee. Like a coffee? Coffee? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You need a backup in case backup, whatever yeah. happens. In case whatever happens. And so that, take us, that takes us essentially through the Shadow Gods, which, you know, leaves that lingering question about 
Zagon, and why you're merging to text is so astoundingly valuable. Mm-hmm. But anyways, following that, the trial. Trial? No. Uh, 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 trail. Trail. Oh, the trail? What the trail? trail? <laughs> well, the trail of magic we followed. Oh, okay. Because we heard about some sketchy things, including Shiva, who is also responsible for creating... Uh, I guess Shiva isn't responsible for creating as opposed to directing uh, quite a bunch of Earth individuals, but Shiva themselves being a uh, target for some of the things we've discovered over time. So the magic trail essentially led us to some weapons. The first of which was a interesting magic bow that we stumbled upon when we were talking about the Naga. When we first did our collective deep dive, we began with the Naga. That's the first group of people we focused on. And there were so many Naga of importance to focus on. One of them was an individual called Kaldinya who had a bow given to him that was capable of killing a fairy that instantaneously made us both go hold up we can kill a fairy with something not fairy Mm. whoa which then opens the floodgates to these new interesting things so we go ahead and we deep dive in that direction and we immediately land at excalibur oh yeah the famous one the big bad weapon of weapons which was probably a fairy killer. No proof, but... Which is probably a fairy killer, yes. And when it was used I on hear something... the whole story. Yeah. When it was used on something other than a fairy, it just snapped like a twig. But upon digging deeper, Arthur finds the story he's been told is incomplete, allegedly. And that the second part is, you must take the corpse of the first sword you remove from the stone and trade it for the actual godly Excalibur. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. But, as we deep dove, we found out that one, the necromancer, um, Merlin, OP as hell, to the point that he's literally going one-to-one with a fucking fairy... And it goes to show you how OP shit on Descent could get. And the idea was, a giant story happens, a narrative through time and the weapon. The weapon was actually made by Merlin, but he made Arthur incapable of being... uh, One, he made him mortal, so he would eventually die. And he essentially did the Jesus thing, but with way less information. So that Arthur would have free will, but wouldn't have exaggerated abilities, but he designed Arthur's... He designed the sword with the intention that only Arthur could use it, so that he can specifically create the story that would walk Arthur to kill the fairy. This lady was too strong, the Lady of the Lake, too smart, corrected the story, and had Arthur literally hand her the fucking sword after tricking him to use it on some other shit and it snapping. Does he also does he kill Merlin? Merlin? Yes, he has to. Because the fairy said so. Not because the fairy said so, but because of the situation and how it tied up at the end, ultimately. But doesn't even matter because 
ultimately, Arthur ends up dying anyways. But the sword is what's interesting, because according to the story, the sword has been worked on for fucking infinity, and it took stories and background tinkering and this and that. And, like, okay, so how do you do this within the lifetime of this one individual? Maybe he didn't. Maybe. This sword is old as fuck. Older. Way older than it being put in that rock. Hmm. Because we have Arthur pulling that raw, that sword out, what, 1700s? But we have the Fragratch 2,600 years before Christ. You're saying they're the same sword? It seems to be. The description of both of these swords are identical. And that's the one that's in Ireland? That's the one that's in Ireland. Or okay. was in Ireland okay. 2,700 years before Christ. Mm-hmm. And then in the 1600s, there is the Excalibur that just so happens to be in okay. England. But they're both right fairy next killers to with the Ireland. same abilities. Okay, because they're supposed to also protect the person using the sword. Supposedly. Yes. Okay. And the sword didn't have to travel. Hmm. It's still in the United Kingdoms. Hmm. Hmm. All it did was go not even south. It went fucking east a little. Not even by much. Mm-hmm. Okay. You still you were in the UK the whole time. You tell me both of these identical swords in the same area. In the same area. Something's off. Mm-hmm. I think the events go as follows. It was used by the uh the people who what is it? The Nemedian and not uh, the descendants of the Nemedians. It was used by the descendants of the Nemedians back then. And then eventually one of them Put it in a sword. Put it in a rock. Put the sword in a rock and got the fuck out. Now, this is where this immediately becomes a complicated mess. The sword was not used in combat and the dude lost his arm. So the sword was protecting him. Fact. The abilities are there. Because he used a spear, and now he doesn't have an arm, so now he can't wield the sword. So he gives it to Mananan, who still has two arms, and can wield the two-handed sword. Great. Fantastic. Which means, yeah, 100%, the moment you went into the battle without the sword, you lost the limb. But had you, you wouldn't have. And you were fighting particularly complicated people. Mm-hmm. Descendants of your same ancestors. Similar capacity. Was a weird option, um, choice, but okay. What is? To not use the sword that you think could protect yourself in battle? Well, it, it brings up the n- interesting next question. Because let's look at the series of events, and then you tell me what I'm getting at. We have a sword that shows up with some of these people who come from Norway, where there is a settlement of Nephilim. They come down because they went up, they settled, had children, and those descendants come back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we have this overpowered sword that came from up there. It was made by the Elysians or the Nephilim or whoever's up there, and these individuals come and they have this sword. But they're gonna fight Nemedians. And what are Nemedians? Well, they went to Greece and came back to Ireland. They were just humans. Okay. So, when he's going to fight the humans for the territory, what was step number one? Put the sword away. 
Why? It's not a human killing sword. It couldn't hurt them if it wanted to. Manana, on the other hand, used the sword to fight the fucking shadow bastards that were hanging out. What the fuck was your name? I forgot their name entirely. I remember. You do? Yes. What was it? No, I, I remember the story. I don't remember the names. I don't remember anyone's name. Oh, okay. So <laughs> the Firbolg is oh. the people who came back from Greece. The Tatha de Dunan oh. is the group that Mananan and uh, I guess all the other descendants who were in Elysium, not Elysium, who were in Norway, including Nauda, who is a leader. But the sword was used the one time on the Fomorians, which are a bunch of shadow people. The Fomorians? The Fomorians literally okay. translates to the Gaelic word for Shadow Realm. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Ah. He didn't use the sword for the fur bog, and those are just humans. He pulled the sword out, well, Mananan did, specifically for the Fomorians. Okay. The Fomorians are not human. Yes, that makes sense. Or does it? I don't know. So then you can use fairy weapons on Shadow Realm people. Well, we're assuming it couldn't hurt a human, but there must be at least more related between a creature of Shadow and a creature of Hellfame. Hmm. Maybe. But I don't know how, how that makes how sense. Hmm. But this makes Excalibur... That seems to be used exactly the same way. It gets used on a mortal and snaps. Yes. But when he got the Excalibur meant for mortals, he could easily use that to dispose of Merlin. Mm-hmm. So there's a sword, also named Excalibur, that can, in fact, be used on mortals. And that is the one that we last hear of. Mm-hmm. Because really, really... That didn't come into play until Arthur. Because the first one Arthur pulled out of the stone, I believe, is the one that was in circulation. Because it's the same one that wasn't used against the Firbolg. And that's the same one that snapped when it was used against mortals, I believe. Yes, the fairy one. Okay. Hmm. I could probably work on Shadow Realm people. Hmm. 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 Might be the same. It might be the same. I do truly honestly believe it is within that ballpark. Makes sense. Huh? It's a pretty interesting a little bit of technology and timeline. I guess in that timeline there's an interesting bit of technology. Yes, but how was the timeline? Okay, so we're at him and then we go back in time for where the sword comes from. Which would be the... With the Nanana? The Fragorach, yeah. Okay, and how far back is that? Arthur is 1600s. Mm-hmm. And the Fragrach is 2,700 years before Christ. So that's 4,700 years before now. And how close is that, though, to when, what's his name, the guy with the fairy trees on that same island, when he's doing that? Is there a time period for that? That ha- That's almost coinciding, yes. Oh, okay. That's when Mananan is out there. Okay. That coincides with Mananan's arrival. So, 2,700 years ago, mm-hmm. before Christ, 2,700 years before Christ, um, uh, 
Actually, I might be getting this mixed up. I believe 2,700 years ago is when Mananan was placed. So 2,700 years before Christ is when Mananan was placed at the site to do research on the fairy trees. 2,600 years ago is when the, or before Christ, is when the events of the Fragarach took place. Mananan was already there. Individuals showed up to back him up. Hmm. Hmm. The people fighting the island on that island have nothing to do with him. The people fighting on the island. Yeah, the Nananans and the Furballs. You mean in Ireland? Yeah. Mananan is not in Ireland. Mananan goes to the Isle of Man. He was only that's the station where they're dealing with things, but that's mm-hmm. not where the trees are. Oh, okay. The trees are where the Isle of Man is. Okay. The fairy grave thing or whatever is at in Ireland. Mm. The what is it called? The fairy bunkers or some shit. <laughs> Fort, fairy forts. Fairy forts. Close, I guess. Yes. Fairy forks. See. Forts. But Ireland and the Isle of Man are close, but not the same. Okay. But he wasn't involved with those people then. What people? The Nananans. Mananan? Mananan. The guy with the sword. He's an he's some Elysian equivalent or something. So yes, he's related to some degree. And they were specifically sent to help Mananan. They're literally okay. going there to help him. Okay. Dude showed up because of military action. Mananan wasn't even a soldier. The dude shows up with a weapon that can harm like it's intentional. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, here's your backup. They weren't scientists, they were warriors. Mm. So yeah, the Fregoras is probably the original Excalibur and most likely created by either an Elysian or Nephilim. That is crazy because like from the Nephilim side though, they're supposed to be being killed off though. Or at least that was in the beginning they were being killed off. The Nephilim, yeah, the flood followed the beginning of the first few sightings. But then eventually they stopped killing them is the idea? It's impossible to plug it. They probably just keep popping up. Mm. Jesus-esque issue. Okay. Yep, but they are definitely an issue. And I do believe that either the Elysians or the Nephilim created that weapon. And, um... It's also possible that the Nephilim have the capacity to create weapons to use against the Elysians because they would know and have the capacity to use Elysian technology, which thinking about the fact that the Elysians went to such extreme lengths to stop the birth of Nephilim to begin with, Mm. it might seem that Elfame might prioritize recruitment of Nephilim Hmm. in order to combat the th- like why are the elysians so against it why i don't know mm, okay. interesting though. they were against it they were we don't know if they still are they're probably not unless they fully eradicated all the nephilim mm. that doesn't make sense because they helped him out mononon yeah they were helping mononon wouldn't eradicate them He's an just, then again, he's just wouldn't following he orders. Just, yeah, wouldn't he just rat them out as part of his orders or something? They I don't were know. sent to help them out. Why would they? Yes, but okay, but why were they sent to help him out? Presumably because they themselves weren't Nephilim. Okay. Where they come from does not tell us that's who they are. Oh. We just know they come from there. Okay. And we know that they that, that location is of people living in harmony. <clears throat> so... But 
So, yeah, the Fragorat is probably the original, and it's probably created by some Nephilim, and the Nephilim probably have some ability to harm the Elysian, or at least quickly reach that point. Now, there are two known Nephilim settlements in Earthrealm, with the most prominent being the one up in Norway, which is the one we're discussing. Mm-hmm. And um, Nephilim seem exceptionally capable of using Alfheim technology and other powerful Earth Realm and Shadow Realm technologies. And necromancers seem to share many similarities with the Nephilim. Hmm. Which then brings into question, are the Nephilim, because we know that Merlin wasn't pure, the text suggests he must have contained part shadow, but maybe not. Maybe we're talking about a Nephilim. Maybe it's just an Elysian mixed with a human. Maybe he is who Azazel made. Hmm. Azazel made. I mean, there's a huge time gap between those two points. Yeah. I doubt it, but you know. These people seem to live quite a long time. <clears throat> so I think it works differently. Anyways, necromancers, Nephilim, very close together. But what are we looking at? We got necromancers who are essentially cross of the. And not the Nephilim. We got the the yeah the Nephilim who are essentially a cross of human and mm. Elysian, and they seem to have naturally given abilities to use what a lot of people who, through pure discipline, the necromancers get to, which is seemingly the ability to use all the text from all the people and create a bunch of shit and also bridge through higher dimensions. I don't actually know if the Nephilim can do that part, but based on the resistance from the Elysians, there is something about the Nephilim that benefits whoever the Elysians' enemy is. Jesus. No, I don't know. Hmm. hmm. And this takes us into the little details of what necromancy really is. So let's break down some of this. So necromancy basics. The very first mention ever comes from Greece. And it said it can be used to communicate with people from the Shadow Realm, both people from our end who have entered the Shadow Realm and people native from the Shadow Realm. Mm -hmm. And it can be used to bridge small temporary local gates to and from the Shadow Realm. Q-O-P. And it allows a portable gate to exist where the destination doesn't move if you move the entry point, because necromancers somehow figured out and have the ability to put the exit point in Elfame, create another entry point, both be connected in Elfame, so you seamlessly go from one to the other and never even notice you exited one, and then you exit into the Shadow Realm. Into the Shadow Realm. Mm. And you've dodged moving the exit. Because Elfheim isn't connected to Earth. You can go anywhere, and the Elfheim exit states is exactly the same. And then the Elfheim entrance also doesn't move anywhere. And that's connected to the Elfheim exit. And then you just end up in the Shadow Realm. So you can carry the portal and the exit doesn't move. Solutions. Nice. Yes. Modern problems require modern solutions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that works. Very useful, eh? Makes sense. Yeah, it's very overpowered, all things considered. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that's pretty much the. Uh, can anyone be one though? It's it's not just like humans could be necromancers. Well, no. There's whatever. a whole process you got to go through, and you got to be taught the ways. So there is said to have been anonymous teachers of necromancy through the centuries. They all had the same rules and requirements, which is you must know Latin. You must be familiar with the technical specs and inner workings of the devices of Elfame, of Shadow, and of Earth, and they must all be familiar with the philosophy behind the usage of any of these things. So it's a lot of education to be a necromancer. But you don't have to be human. It doesn't specify being any one anything. Okay. But those are the requirements of being a necromancer. Mm. And necromancy, thankfully... Uh, made us look at the individual that matters because also it was the end of the year and we're getting there and you know so we start looking at Santa Claus we still don't fucking understand but we have a lot more information now and we have a lot of perspective and a lot of the things he does became very apparent the fact that he has a location in the North Pole that we can't find huh invisible locations seem familiar Let's see and you kind of OP, and you need some fear, which suggests some adrenochrome, and you probably you got some gates teleport. here and there. Yeah, you can teleport, which is either technology, or you're not actually teleporting, and you got a different trick going on. So yeah, Santa Claus is overpowered, and we never seem to figure out. Is he a necromancer? Is he a necromancer? Or what? What the hell he is? What is he? Yes. All we really know, for a fact, is that somehow we land at Santa Claus when we come from St. Nick. That is the reality of the matter. Hmm. Between Santa. Now, things we know about Santa Claus. Reindeer definitely look like Elysian Unicorn. Seems to be same type of uh, genetic manipulation going on. The, yep. the walking Flying on air. Horse. Yeah, the walking on air part. Come on, bro. Yeah. The needing fear suggests you've consumed adrenochrome and you need more. It suggests you've done something you shouldn't. And him knowing all things, weird, very weird. That's a lot of complexity going on there. Surveillance technology, you got little individuals, places, or you have figured out the reverse of whatever the fuck was happening with Jesus. Which means maybe he was probably born with it, which means he might be some kind of experiment. Doubt it. Doubt it? Absolutely doubt it. He was just a guy. He was. Absolutely was Once just a guy. Once upon a time, he was, he was a, guy, a yes. guy. 100%. But then he did some weird stuff that made him not just a guy. He was a Catholic, which means by default he was human, not even a Lunatian. Yeah, but some, he was doing something, though. How? With what? Experiments? I don't know. What he doesn't have the tech, he would still look he so. Has a lot it, philosopher's stone. That's not just a normal human thing. That someone. That's actually what makes me think he might not be human, right? I think he could have been, but also the anything could have experimented on him. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing a lot of sketchy weird shit. Yeah. But then, what are we talking about? Another Jesus situation? Yeah. And like clearly way superior. Like, this is the big problem? Like, this shit will wreck Jesus any day of the week? I don't think so, man. There's something wrong there. It looks like Jesus is the issue. They don't even bother with Santa Claus. Or whatever. Because they he... Because they probably had to hit their hands on him more. Like, I don't know. He's a zombie. 
they control him. I don't know. We know he was human. Then he died. Then he came back. Like Jesus. Like Jesus. Wait, Wait, Santa Claus died? Well, if you consider Nick his life when he was human and then Santa as when he was not human. No, that doesn't mean death by any means. That just means transition. But I'm sure St. Nick had a death date. He died. He definitely died as a human. People believe. That doesn't mean true. But no, I don't know. I think you're trying too hard to nail this. And the idea is if we don't have a fact, all we have is speculation and nothing is to be enforced at speculation until we have some corroborative data. But you really want to send that home. But I'm just saying he can't still be human. Um, He can't be alive this long and still be human. Yeah, 100%. Unless you have adrenochrome. Yes, okay. Which he definitely has. Yeah. Like, without a question. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing everything for? Yeah, I guess. Try to feed something. Mm -hmm. And if it's not him, then it becomes horrifying immediately. Because what the fuck are you feeding? The Like, you, what the, like, bruh. Those gnomes get hungry? They're fairies. They don't need any of that shit. They don't, they don't. Never mind. Which, again, if Santa Claus isn't consuming this, and this is to this scale, what demon are you saving us from? Mm. Is the entire wall that we can't get through in the north entirely just a cage? At that point, that's what I would believe. <laughs> like, that's just a cage, and whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you're hiding mm-hmm. is to protect us from whatever the hell's over there. Okay. That's crazy. Because okay. global increments of fear collectively equal more fear in one instant than exists for millions of years at a time. Mm-hmm. What are you feeding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're using it for you, crazy absurd power, which seems to be the case. Yes. But if not, holy fuck, are you who everybody's scared of? Is this something else? I don't know. It has to be him. I don't know. It has to be him. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. But that's Santa Claus for you. That is Santa Claus for you. So, he is also known as um, Father Christmas. Random crap we know is also that he uh, he's not with elves, he's with gnomes. You're totally right. Gnomes is the right word because their description fits a gnome, not an elf. An elf is exceptionally tall, taller than most people. Gnomes are exceptionally short. I don't know how we ended up calling this individual. I think it's because we, through millennia, people were most familiar with elves out of the fairies. Mm-hmm. And so you just call anything from Elfame an elf. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe That's in why. the year 300, we weren't that informed and we're just like, oh, it's an elf. But they really meant fairy. Yeah. And the type of fairy is a gnome anyways. It's not a fucking elf. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the language barrier really happened. Mm-hmm. I don't that think it's, they're trying to be like, no, it's a fucking elf for sure. It's like, no, we all know. That's, that's not. Mm-hmm. But, so that's all the information leading us into the end of the year. Now, I made a small collection here that we'll quickly go through and then we're done. And we can close it up and go home. But this is what we know just summarized into nothing but little bullet points. And we don't know things for a fact. So, number one, the major goals. Things we know. Okay. It seems like they want to access Elfame. We don't know this for a fact. There's a question mark there. Access yeah. Elfame? Maybe. Attack Elfame? No idea. Experiment Elfame? Possibly. Explore Elfame? 
acquire power or technology? It seems like they got it already. Some, one of those is correct. Then, we have who are the big players. The big players. The big kahunas. The biggest, baddest monster we come across so far and seems to be the issue for everybody. We begin at the Elysians. And anybody immediately sided with them, which takes us to the Egyptians and the Mayans, all Mm -hmm. tied up. The earth gods, the water gods, something like that. The earth gods, the sun gods, and the Garden of Eden. Then we have the Greek gods. Total enemy, and they don't have any access to the same resources because Elysians are like, fuck them niggas. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Mm-hmm. But they did used to trade, so... They do did use to trade, but it was actually when Greece was at its lowest as compared to Elysium, they were essentially... So I guess they kind of did help Greece to some degree. Yes. Just very little. Not as much as the Not other as much, two yeah. locations, but... Um, Yaldabaoth, the creator of Earthrealm, by accident. Mab, the creator of Shadow Realm, probably intentionally. Eloi, created, manipulated, genetically, by Yalda Balth, and introduced to Yalda Balth's son, who is the other major player here, Sizen. <laughs> and then Mab's big bad helper, Oros. These are the big, giant, colossal groups of people we know about that affect seemingly everything. Yes. No idea how. No idea how. What's happening, what they're doing, what they're planning, but okay. Then we have technologies. What technologies do we know about that could maybe help enlighten some things? We have energy transportation technology. We have organic matter transportation technology. We have Dyson spheres. We have... Cross realm gates. We have massive energy storage units. We have massive data storage units. We have weapons. We have cloaking technology, genetic manipulation technology, and we have whatever the fuck the Philosopher's Stone ultimately devolves into being described as, which I have no word for. Because it seems to, it's a piece of technology that actively bends the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Why didn't Nick have one? Why didn't Nick have one? Weird. And then, finally, not just the big players, but when we talk about the races that matter, it seems to be way more than we think. We got the Elysians. We got the humans. We got the Jinn. We got the Elf. We got the Naga. And we have the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. These are individuals who consistently show up. Races. These are races that show up before we had the individuals that show up. Although I did summarize still some of those races. I could have been like Jehovah. But the problem is in the Garden of Eden, a lot of them matter. So the Garden itself is OP. There's yes. no point in singling anybody out. They all matter. To say the Garden. The Garden, exactly. The Shadow Gods, the same idea. And the uh, Egyptians... The sun gods, same idea. And the earth gods, the Mayans, same idea. They're too important to single one guy out. Because we just look at the Mayans, we got Sizen and we got um, Ixchel, and we got Itzamna, and it's like, okay, them, that whole group. They're yeah. all important. They changed everything, all of them. We have Atlantis. Uh, I guess that's locations, which I didn't actually put here, but locations, but the problem is locations do matter way less. It seems mm-hmm. like access points and shit. 
ultimately, like we talk about the Palace of Alcaraz, just a place. Yeah. And you stored things there and people want to steal that stuff, but ultimately just a place. And many, many mountains. Mountains. Mountains for days. But again, it seems access points will mm. arrive through here or leave through there. Not much else going on. Mm-hmm. With the exception of whatever the fuck is happening in Mount Athos. Seems to be a particular protected, but I think that's because they use that. They still use that. Yeah, I think they use that directly as the access point straight into Atlantis, wherever that is under the ocean that nobody can seem to figure out. Mm-hmm. I think they have a direct blink right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Foss. That's why that mountain has not disappeared. That's why they have such immense protection. And each level of the mountain has more protection than the previous, all the way to the last, where only one individual every 20 years is allowed in and out of that area, and they communicate with whatever the fuck is up there, which is the Elysians. Mm-hmm. And that is the summary completed following last week's episode that we can finish. That's all the things we know, all the data we have, a bunch of what we've collected, the things that matter, obviously. We didn't readdress Jesus Christ and, like, all, like, whatever. You guys can go listen to the episodes. The summary, general. You get it. Huh. Trying to get through the things so you know, man. So, yeah, that's where we are. If you guys enjoyed that information, put it together, and maybe you'll come up with something that we haven't, and perhaps you can tell us about this, and that'd be great. Do that. Help us. Yeah, go to a the go to our socials and message us about these things to talk to us about mm-hmm. at Just Combo Pod at all the locations, which is X and Instagram and Facebook and what TikTok. Pretty good. Yes. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. And word of mouth. Be sure to tell people about the program and the crazy awesome dope things we found. And, like, luckily, a lot of this is just stuff you guys can look up yourself. We do the hard work in finding the keywords. You can but just... But now you know where to start. Yeah. Once you have the keyword, honestly, until you get to the keyword is a nightmare. And once you have the keyword, it's just there. Mm. And then you can just type literally that. But you guys have the words. You got the elisions. You got the tech name. I just summarized it at the end. You can just go back and type in any of the things I just said. And you will land at places. Because I've done the work of finding... And you can find just read through obviously i'm not giving you everything i read it's impossible yeah but anything i didn't mention because i thought it wasn't significant you might find significant yes you might let us know about it because yeah, there's so it. much information this has been the rambling podcast take nothing personal and thanks for listening bye, bye. Do a quick sound. Chicka chicka putika wapu pataki ju papi tiketa patita to paleputu. You're not gonna be talking like that. Nah, I'm gonna be talking like this, bruh. Okay. This is what I sound like on average, especially when I'm trying to tell you something. The podcast is hosted by Christina Colazzo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor and published by GreatThoughts.info, art by Zero Lupo, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black.